Good afternoon and welcome to Screen Cleaning. I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wissinger. We've also got our producer Mickey here as always. So glad to be here. Or at least for another couple weeks because she's got to go and take the summer term off. It's so sad. We're going to miss you. I'll miss you guys too. You know, one thing that we do on the show on Screen Cleaning is that we do our darndest to find or to shine a big old spotlight on all that is good in entertainment. And sometimes that means digging a little deeper. And today, that's kind of going to be the theme of the show, because we all know about the mega stars, the the Hollywood A-listers. But what about those people that really do all of the supporting work, the people that you might not know by their name, but you certainly recognize them, or you've probably seen them in a lot of movies that you just love. Playing a lot of different characters, or maybe the same character over and over again, you recognize them as that guy that does that one thing. Right, right. These are called character actors, and we'll explain a little bit more about what criteria went into highlighting some of these character actors that we're going to talk about. But before we do that, we want to give you the very best in entertainment As news. we always do. Right. So, you know, I'm not I, – I enjoy Star Wars movies. Uh, I don't read the books. I don't play the games. I don't trade the cards. I don't go to conventions dressed <laughs> as any Star Wars characters. But I really enjoy them, right? And there is apparently going to be a TV show on the Disney Plus app called The Mandalorian. Have you guys been hearing about this? I've heard of it. I don't know a lot about it. So I know that Jon Favreau created it, and Jon Favreau has been a really good friend to Disney. Mm -hmm. He's done the Jungle Book live-action film, really, which was computer-animated. He's going to be doing the Lion King live-action film, again, computer-animated. Right, but he's made some really quality content. He's also done a number, number of the Marvel films. So I'm really curious to see what it's all going to be about, especially after I opened up and clicked through some of the pictures of the cast. The cast looks amazing. All you have to say is Carl Weathers or Werner Herzog, and I am totally, (laughs) totally there. In Star Wars. Right. I'll check it out for sure. So another bit of news we want to share with you is in the form of an extended trailer. We love talking about trailers on the show. And we've had a sneak peek at a film that we're probably not going to talk about on the show, Child's Play. But the reason we wanted to talk about it is because when the casting news came out that Mark Hamill was going to voice Chucky, that piqued our interest. And just the other day, they came out with a new trailer. It's still not a full-fledged trailer. It's still only like a minute and a half long. And you have to wait through the entire trailer of Chucky doing all these terrorizing things before you finally get to hear Three words from Mark Hamill. Oh, boy. Good night, Andy. So two words. Creepier than that. Uh, Well, good night. I don't know. What's the consensus, Mickey? Hmm. (laughs) Our linguistics expert producer. (laughs) Yeah. I would say goodnight is two words. Yes. Yeah, that's probably right. (laughs) Good. So that's that's it. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's all we get. That's all we get. Considering that just last week was when we broke the news that Mark Hamill was even going to be in this movie at all, and now we have audio of him doing something. Right. There's another trailer that dropped this week, and it has to do with a certain comic book production company. Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! That's this week in DC News. We got our first look at the Swamp Thing TV series for DC Universe. That was this week. 
in DC News. And of course, in true This Week in DC News fashion, how I started doing this because DC changes their mind and has new news constantly. The same day we got this teaser, we also got the announcement that due to creative differences, the Swamp Thing TV show was going from 13 episodes down to 10 episodes. Oh, so this but, is a show, not this will a, be a TV show, okay. not, not a, a movie made for DC Universe movie. But the whole trailer is just the swamp, and then we see Swamp Thing rise from the swamp, and it's done in practical effects, and the water bubbles, and it all looks creepy and atmospheric hmm. and good. But just you talking about it kind of gives me the creeps because things emerging from underneath the water—it's it's terrifying. Scary. Is Swamp Thing mean? Or is he a hero? He's misunderstood, oh, I think. Okay. He's an anti-hero. He's one of those kind of <laughs> DC, um, kind of can be a jerk, big bad guy, but did, he does the right thing in Did the you end. see The Shape of Water? Yes. Well, then there you go. Oh, so I've already seen it. Or Good Creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. Or... <laughs> okay, well, that's interesting. Now, I think you said you had some Netflix news, too? Netflix is trying – so sticking with our streaming theme here, then Netflix is trying out something new, and I'd like to hear your opinion if you would be interested in this. Okay. Apparently on certain Android devices – I'm already recently. yeah. I, no thanks I have an, already. I have an iPhone, so. <laughs> Which excludes all of us in this room. Okay, but maybe someone out there. Netflix is experimenting with a random play feature for some of their more famous sitcoms: The really? Office, New Girl, Parks and Rec. Um, Arrested Development is on the list where you can just play a. It says play a popular episode. You just hit it. And it plays you a random episode just like if you were tuning in on TBS and Interesting. you just happened mm. to stumble on an episode. So not a random episode within a particular show, but just a bunch of random episodes from a bunch you, of random shows. You do. You pick the show. It's like oh, shuffling your songs. Okay. Shuffle the episode. It seems like it'd be tough for first-time viewers of those shows, though. But who's just watching Friends for the first time, Jeff? <laughs> all right. All right. That's a good point. Would you be interested? Would you? Um, you as, know, as this expands? I'm kind of at a point now where I'm I'm not really going back and rewatching a lot of stuff. So I'm going to have to say no. It just makes me sad that the only thing people are doing is rewatching The Office over and over again. Not that The Office isn't a great show. I really like it, but I think that one of the cons of streaming is that people just watch the same thing over and over instead mm. of maybe exploring some new content. That could be good for them. The more options we have, the less options we use. You know, speaking of options, we recently let our Netflix free trial expire. And as I was canceling my subscription to Netflix, the streaming service, I decided that I was going to do a free trial of Netflix, the DVD company, DVD.com, which is how Netflix started out in the first place. If you're, if you're not familiar with this model... <laughs> Back in the dark ages of 2010. <laughs> it was it was uh, an opportunity to receive a DVD via mail, snail mail. And <gasps> you didn't even have to go to Blockbuster? Wait, what is that? It's really kind of a cool thing because basically you put on your computer what movie you want to show up next in the mail. And then, you know, after a few days, it shows up in this envelope. You tear open the envelope and it's in another return address envelope. So you don't even have to put a stamp on it. Once you're done with it, you just walk out to your mailbox and you put it back. And then a few days later, you get the next DVD. And Whoa. the cool thing about this is it has a much 
more extensive library than the streaming service will have. Now there are some pros and cons, as you can imagine. The main con being that I don't know if it's just because I live in Orem, Utah. It takes uh, quite a while for the DVDs to show up. So I signed up over the weekend. They didn't ship the DVD until Monday, and then it didn't even arrive until Thursday.、Hmm. So that's why I had to take drastic measures. Snail and... mail delivered by actual snails. Right, basically. So I had to take some drastic measures and basically sign up for two、Us. free trials. <laughs> so I have four DVDs、oh, uh, at once. And、uh, yeah, hopefully by returning one of them a day at a time, I can kind of stagger the delivery and always have something fun in the mail coming to me. At least until the month is over. Right. And so this <laughs> month, I mean, are you are you busy just ordering every single MCU movie? You got twenty one to get through in the next. Oh, that's a good point.、Days. And this reminds me, we are forgetting to mention the biggest news that we have today, and that is. We are doing another bracket! Yay! This is so exciting, and I wonder if people can guess what sort of a bracket we might be doing just a week before Avengers: Infinity War comes out. Well,、hmm. a year after Infinity War came out, but Endgame is coming out <laughs> next week, and it is the end. Wait, did I say Infinity all... War? You did.、Yes. I meant Endgame. That's <laughs> right. Twenty-second Marvel movie, and so of the other twenty-one, we have compiled a bracket where you get to pick your favorite. Of each of the individual movies, not necessarily characters, and we will determine who the winner is. This is so exciting, and I think for a lot of people, this—I mean, this constitutes water cooler chat right here. I mean, people don't really congregate around the water cooler anymore, but I think it's going to excite people, and there are going to be a lot of very different opinions.、Mm-hmm. During the break, Mickey was saying that she doesn't understand all the people who think Guardians of the Galaxy is the greatest. MCU movie because she thinks, you know what? I think Spider Man's the best one. I love how Mickey dodged a bullet. <laughs> He's about to hit your、yeah. back. Sorry, I shouldn't.、Yeah. I shouldn't have thrown you under the bus like that. We don't want people contacting Mickey and complaining. Right that now, I'm going to get hate mail. I'm so sorry. And next week, though, we will each be divulging what our favorites are as they go up against. Each other, and we'll find out who the ultimate winner. Right before the ultimate winner is really crowned, when we all watch Endgame. Okay, so how do our listeners find the bracket and fill it out so that they can be in for a chance to win a free? Audio book that is really is valued up to forty, fifty bucks. Sure,、uh, head on over to Twitter, follow BYU Screen Clean, and we will post the bracket there. You follow the link, you make your picks, and then you send us an email at screencleaning at byu dot edu to announce your winner and say that you've entered into the contest. And follow the instructions to the T. It's very important you do that. You know what else we should talk about? The new Star Wars trailer this week. <gasps> That's true. The rise of the rise of Skywalker. Is that right? Of us, Skywalker. Of a Skywalker. I think it's just, just rise us. of Skywalker. Like House rise, Skywalker.、Oh, the rise of Skywalker. The Skywalker. No, the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, but that looks interesting too. Yeah. And there's something that comes at the very tail end of that trailer that a lot of people are pretty excited about, but also a little confused at. And it has been confirmed. That's pretty good. It sounds good. just like that. It gives that. you the creeps, and it sounds yeah.、Uh, it's it sounds like a deceased character from a previous Star Wars film. I'm glad that we're at the point on the show where we don't even spoil trailers anymore. No, 
Yeah, we don't, we don't care. Everybody's watched it. It's Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, Emperor Palpatine, mm. the bad, the real bad guy from the original Star Wars trilogy. The guy pulling all the strings behind, behind the, the scenes. Curtain. Don't pay no attention to the man <laughs> behind the curtain. Mm, different movie. I'm totally going to see it. And I know you guys Just are too. Yeah, though. absolutely. So there are a couple of movies that are out this weekend that we definitely want to talk about. The first of which is a documentary that I decided to take my two daughters to. Nice. And let me give you some context uh, leading up to this film. My daughters, it can be difficult for them to get them to talk to me. Around the dinner table, you try to engage them and, you know, they don't necessarily have a lot to say. Sometimes I come home, they're watching shows and I want to play with them and, well, let me finish this show first, right? I took them to see Disney Nature's Penguins. And I don't think I've ever heard them talk so much in one sitting to me, at the screen, to each other. And my younger daughter, I'm always trying to get her to speak up. Vera, come on. I I can't hear you. What did you say? And in this movie, I kept having to shush her because she was speaking so loudly. They were so excited, not only to see these really cute penguins. I think they were fascinated fascinated by the story and it's really just a little slice of penguin life so whereas the march of the penguins focuses on emperor penguins this is a different species of penguins and it follows this little cute penguin called steve who is out on his own for the first time and he's venturing out to try to find a good nesting place for a potential mate whom he has not met yet So there are wonderfully cute scenes where they're meeting and falling in love and they're syncing their voices so that if they ever lose each other, they can find each other just by calling out to each other. Isn't that the coolest thing? There are a lot of sophisticated. Right. Wear tuxedos after all. And there's a really funny scene where he's Steve is trying to build this nest for his mate. And as he turns around to collect more rocks, there are these other penguins that will run down and steal the rocks from his nest. So cute. And then the baby penguins show up and they have these these cute little hairdos because they're molting and they're losing their baby hair. And in, in between all of these wonderful little cute stories that we have, it is a movie about penguins, so you know it's going to be cute. We have kind of like a soft rock soundtrack or like a rock ballad soundtrack. So that that's probably the kind of thing that might make Cole roll his eyes a little bit. And there there may have been a couple of those moments. Uh, soft in there. rock is my jam. I'm all right putting it to penguins. <laughs> but it if you're interested in seeing just a really fascinating slice of life in these penguins' lives and you want to see a bunch of cute penguins waddling around to the narration of Ed Helms speaking of the office then you've got to check out Disney Nature's Penguins. And if you want your children to speak to you, take them to this movie because you won't be able to get them to stop talking once the movie starts. Nipsey. Right. So that's one of the movies. The other one I wanted to talk about also takes place in an icy water setting, and it's called Breakthrough. You've probably seen the trailer a hundred times anytime you've gone to the movies. And you've probably tried to hold back the tears as you've watched this trailer about a movie where this mother, she doesn't lose her son, but she is in jeopardy of losing her son because her son has fallen through this frozen lake and he's 
basically drowned. He's dead. A lot of people have given up on him. But the people who have rescued him think that they hear this voice telling them to go back and telling them exactly where to search under this pond. And he's able to find him. They pull him up. And by this point, he's been under the water for 15, 20 minutes. And uh, even if he is, even if he does still have a pulse, which he does, he's going to be neurologically impaired for the rest of his life. Or so everyone tells this mother, everyone around her is a naysayer, whereas she is a very faithful woman who is going to pray her son back to life. And it's a really interesting film about faith. And I will admit, there was one scene that I burst into tears, not for the reasons that you would expect. It didn't have anything to do with this relationship between the mother and the son or the mother and God, but it actually had to do with the children at this boy's school basically praying for him. And there's a scene where, you know, he wakes up and... Everybody around the school is getting text messages, and they're running to the counselor's office, and they're telling them, and everybody's so excited. They're going, and they're telling his basketball team, and everybody's just celebrating and cheering. And it made me burst into tears because there have been some people around me, very young people, who have decided to take their own lives. And I couldn't help but think, man, if these kids could see how much support they had. You know, I, I again, I don't want to try to question what was going on in their mind when they when they made that decision. But, but the community that crops up when right. something like that happens. If you would just know how many people love you, how many people are yeah. praying for you, rooting for you, and just seeing the turnout at these boys' funerals was a manifestation of that, that people love them. And it it really made me hope that younger people will go to see this movie or that older people will take younger people to see this movie and have a conversation about it and just let them know how much they're loved and just be there for them. So I got something out of this that I was not expecting to get at all. I thought it was just going to be kind of the stereotypical uplifting you know, and right but, and, and it was uplifting, but yeah. for not necessarily the reasons you might think. That's awesome. So another good one to check out. Anyway, two movies you should check out this weekend, and when we return, we are going to be speaking more about those character actors that we talked about earlier in the program. That's up next on Screen Cleaning. Good night, Andy. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. Today we're talking about something that probably not too many people cover on a pop culture or movie show, and that is character actors. All the people that don't normally get talked about. Right. So we won't be talking about your Brad Pitts, your Jennifer Lawrence's, your Matt Damon's, Leonardo DiCaprio's. Yeah, we won't be talking about those people today because they're not character actors. They're blockbuster megastars, right? We're talking about the people that, and I'm going to go through some of the criteria here of of the people that we zeroed in on. Yeah, so what is a character So somebody that never really has the leading role. They may have a, a leading role from time to time throughout their career, but they're not really leading man or leading woman material, right? In quotation marks, not to say that they're not worthy of that, but 
you know, maybe from a, a casting director or an agent's eyes, they might not be considered leading material, right? Um, they might play the same role throughout their career. You have actors that will – they'll either play like a cop or a bad guy their entire career. and will, The military guy. Right. Everyone knows that one guy that's always just the angry general and everything. Right? And we can we – can, that just brought to mind another one that we'll mention here in just a second. I'm going to write his name down right now. Okay, got it. All right. Or maybe – they play a completely different character every time. This would be like the epitome of the definition of a character actor. Acting. Right. They're, they're a different character every time, right? Um, I, I don't mean to sound shallow or anything, but maybe they don't look like a megastar or, you know, like a model. And, and the, there's a fun story to go along with this too because if you saw them on the street – Famous people are famous. They're better looking than the rest of us. But when you put them up and in makeup next to these actual like celebrities, sure. they kind of stand out. Jim Rash is the is Dean Pelton on Community as well as being a famous screenwriter and, and doing a lot of other things with his career. His Twitter handle is Rash is TV Ugly. Making fun <laughs> of himself just saying like for TV, for a famous person – He's ugly for a famous person, even though if any of the rest of us saw us, saw he's him, just normal he'd be like, looking. hey, look at him. Yeah, he's normal looking. And to be honest with you, a lot of these megastars, too, once you get them out of their makeup and they're just out on the street drinking a coffee or something, they look kind of normal, too. We all look a little bloated and, you know, tired when you see us in our everyday life, right? Probably like I am right now. Anyway, so Cole, you've already given us a pretty good example of a character actor, and I'm sure his name will pop up here in another category that we're going to be talking about shortly. But I wanted to start by talking about somebody who we'll, – we'll start with the more obscure and then we'll get to the more well-known actors. There's an actor named Beth Grant, an actress I should say, and I think both of you had to look her up. But she is typically someone – And so so listeners, if you're listening on your podcast or <laughs> whatever device, Beth Grant. Beth Grant. You'll probably recognize her, but you would probably never know her by her name. She's typically the person in a movie that is like uber conservative or super annoying – Somebody that's there to kind of be the thorn in your side. The other thing you'll notice as you look these people up along with Mickey and I is that to be a character actor, you generally also have a long IMDb page. You've been a character or the same character in many, many things. Absolutely. So as you scroll through Beth Grant to try to find the one thing that you know that you recognize her from, um, you'll notice she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, and and I, I'm pretty sure all of these people we're going to talk about have been in at least a hundred different. They've had at least a hundred different acting gigs, and she's had some big ones. She was in the movie Speed. You guys remember Speed? She uh, I her, love Speed. her character has an interesting fate on in that movie. I don't want to spoil anything for you if you haven't seen that. 20, 25-year-old movie already. We she was in spoiler-free. Uh, I haven't seen it, so thank you on she, behalf of me. She was in Little Miss Sunshine. She was in uh, No Country for Old Men. So she's been in some big movies, has worked for some really big directors, 
and has had quite the career playing pretty much the same character in everything she's done. And speaking of people that have made oh, a career, to complete that oh, circle, what I do recognize Beth Grant from is from an episode of The Office Dinner Party, where she comes as Dwight's oh, right. babysitter. That is slash a date. good uh, a good role for her. Very memorable. See, yeah, a common thread you're going to notice with a lot of these people is you may not know them by name, but you'd probably recognize them by face, and you've certainly seen something that they've been in. And Jonathan Banks is another one of those actors that would fit that bill. You might know him. You might not know him by name, but he has been in some pretty big movies and TV shows. He's been oh, he's been nominated for a ton of awards. And most recently, you've probably heard his voice in a little film called Incredibles 2. Yeah. Is that ringing any bells for anybody? We'll talk about him here in just a minute as we get to a different category as well. But um, Richard Kind is another actor of a favorite of mine that is definitely a character actor. He is one of those character actors that whenever you see him in something, it just brings a smile to your face. Or maybe whenever you hear his voice, because he has been a voice actor featured in several of the Pixar Disney movies. And he has a very, it's a very noticeable way that he does his voice probably, especially Mm -hmm. when he's doing his live action stuff. So everybody wants to know, because in everything that you see him in, he's pretty much really kind, which is funny because his name is Richard Kind. And I've heard people ask, is Richard Kind really that kind? And I've heard the answer is yes, which makes me so happy. Could you imagine if he was a big jerk? That would just ruin it for me. So uh, the thing you'd probably be most familiar with that he's done as far as his voice work is concerned, Bing Bong from Inside Out. Richard Kind brought us to tears as Bing Bong, as he told Joy to take Riley to the moon. I think I'm getting her name right from Inside Out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That – how – I mean, have you guys ever cried – over the demise of an imaginary friend in any other movie that you've seen? Have I seen another movie with an imaginary yeah, friend? Yeah, that's especially one that doesn't the make point, it. You guys, <laughs> just I, I you know were in Richard tears. Kind from the television show Scrubs. He's the hypochondriac Mr. Corman in that show oh, that funny. kind of shows up two or three times per season um, in a hospital because that's what hypochondriacs normally do. Spin City. He was on that show with Michael J. Fox and Alan Ruck, who could certainly be considered a character actor, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Anyway, I see, I think we're seeing a common thread here. These character actors are in shows and movies that we just love. So maybe they are a big part of why these shows succeed. Oh, yeah. It makes me happy. Scrubs is a great example because of the nature of the show. They get patients wheeled in to interact with your main core cast all the time. And each one of those patients could probably be described as a character actor as we're talking about today. And that's – they kind of like liven up the show. You know, it it exists pretty well with your main cast, but it's when they get to interact with all of these kind of legends of comedy or legends of the cinema – that the show really, it, it's at its best. Brendan Fraser goes on Scrubs, and, and that's one of the best episodes playing really? um, Dr. Cox's brother-in-law. Yeah. Hmm. You know, you you kind of hinted at this actor earlier on when you are talking about people that play the same role every time. And you mentioned that this actor 
is always like the drill sergeant and just like the really hard nosed guy, right? I'm thinking of. There's a few of them. Who are you yes, thinking of? I'm thinking of R. Lee Ermy. Okay. R. Lee Ermy has made such a career for himself who started out not really as an actor, but uh, I think that his first big thing was Full Metal Jacket. And he did such a good job screaming at those soldiers. I've never actually seen the film, but he has kind of made he made a career for himself playing this hard-nosed drill sergeant type, so much so that his voice is also featured in several Pixar movies. Can you guys think of which films I'm talking about? Yes, he's the the army guy in Toy Story. <laughs> yes, he is the Sarge. plastic army man, the sergeant from the Toy Story movies. Can't you just picture his voice in your head right now? Now you can. He's made a career out of playing that same role. Would you guys – let me ask you something. If you had the opportunity to um, play the same type of role your entire career and get paid really well to do it, even though it meant that maybe people are always like yelling at you or like spitting your lines back at you, would you do it? Yes, of course, because movie stars get paid <laughs> right, a lot of I money. Say, I'm right? going to say yes, I would. <laughs> okay. Now let me let me tweak that question a little bit and that's going to segue into a category that I want to bring up. What if you spent your entire career being in hundreds of movies and TV shows, and yet people only seem to remember you from one TV show or movie that you did, and they're always like quoting your movie lines and always asking you to quote them back to them and just hounding you for autographs because of this one thing that you did, and they, they completely ignored all of your other work. The would, typecasting problem. Right. Would that be okay with you? Yes, because you still got paid I mean, a lot of success, money. Okay. You know, it's, so it's, it's hard all to about find. the money to you guys. Okay. So let's talk about character actors from iconic TV shows or movies. Now, we mentioned one of them already, and that's Jonathan Banks. Can you guys name the iconic TV show that he was a part of? Since Jeffrey's the one asking, I'm sure that it's Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Right. And now he is uh, a regular on Better Call Saul. So he has been on some iconic TV shows. And to him, or for him, I don't think he would mind this as much because this is kind of a culmination of all. All of an entire career's worth of solid work. He, he's he's having the time of his life. He is having a great uh, kind of peak in his career now at the end of – I don't want to say at the end of his career because hopefully there's a lot more coming from him. But he's an older guy. This kind right. of brings up the the question. The, the actors that we know and are iconic for being – Old? What were they doing earlier in their career? Because Jonathan Banks has been acting since the 70s. Betty yeah. White, who is the most iconic old person in all of Hollywood, was an actress when she was like a little bit younger. But even like you look at Golden Girls, which was decades ago, right. she was she still was playing old. an yeah. old lady. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to throw out another name and see if you guys know it. Stephen Tobolowski. Yes. You do know him. Sure. You, do you know him, Mickey? Uh, I'll have to look it up. Okay, let me just give you a clue. Uh, if you don't know his name, let me refresh your memory. Remember when Jeff said Ned? spouting iconic lines? It's me, Ned oh, Ryerson. From Groundhog Neil Day. Neil Ned, Ned the Head, Case Western High. Anyway, uh, he used to do the, the whistling belly button trick 
if you're not still no bells. Okay. Yeah, Groundhog Day. This is a man who is in a film that is quoted year after year as we get to February 2nd and really throughout the year because it's such a great movie. And I think I told you guys this uh, on a separate occasion that this is the man that was supposed to play the role of Al Borland on Home Improvement. He was actually cast in the role, had some scheduling conflict to where he couldn't be there for the pilot of Home Improvement. And so he missed out on it because Richard Karn, not Richard Kind, but Richard Karn, uh, of Family Feud fame. Right. Gelled so well with the cast that they just said, you know, we'll just stick with Richard Karn. So Stephen Tobolowsky missed out on being uh, Al Borland. But you know what? You don't see a lot from Richard Karn these days, but you still continue to see Stephen Tobolowsky in countless shows and, and movies. So good on him. Another iconic movie featuring a character actor is... The Shawshank Redemption, starring a man named, well, co-starring. Starring a lot of other people, yeah. but also having in the cast. Clancy Brown. Yes. Can you guys picture Clancy Brown in your minds? I can because I just pulled up his uh, okay. IMDb page, but I have seen him before looking at this picture of him. He's worked in. He's worked with, with some amazing directors, too, like Frank Darabont and um, the Coen brothers as well. And I know if maybe his face doesn't look familiar, I'm sure his voice sounds familiar. Right, Cole? Because I think Clancy Brown is most known for being Mr. Krabs. Oh, <laughs> the best SpongeBob character. Yes. So Clancy Brown, again, you've probably seen him. If not, you've heard him on SpongeBob. And a lot of, a lot of these character actors, when we look at their voice work, and this is something that Jeff – I thought that Jeff would have brought up by now, but you, you kind of see him crop up in just other characters. Stephen Tobolowsky was in Justice League often. Now Clancy Brown also in uh, its comic book cartoons that I love so much. I love seeing which random actors are playing which random characters. So these next two, we're going we're gonna to sandwich them together because they both came from a very iconic movie, and it is Gary Cole – and Stephen Root. Are those guys very familiar to you? I've never seen Office Space. <gasps> wow. Did I mention it was Office Space? I don't know if I did. I don't know if you did either. But you're, they're from Office Space. You've, you're a fan of the element of surprise. Right. So I'm sure... Well, sorry if I just ruined it. I'm sure most people have heard Gary Cole's... Mm, yeah. We're going to have to ask you to go ahead and move all your stuff as far back to that wall as possible... Okay, so he's uh, this passive-aggressive boss in Office Space who is usually picking on Stephen Root's Milton, who I am sure you're familiar with this character saying, I believe you have my stapler. He took my stapler. I'm not trying to do impressions here. I'm just trying to give you a clear idea of who we're talking about. Stephen Root especially is somebody that has made a career of just playing these oddball characters. So every time you see him, he's doing some sort of different accent or character, and he's always amazing. He's another one of those actors that you get a smile on your face every time you see him. He's kind of a staple for the Coen brothers. He's in a lot of their movies, and he's made some great TV shows and movies. Gary Cole is in another one of Cole's favorite funny movies, one of his favorites of all time, I believe. Right, Cole? 
Yeah, he is. He is in. Uh, he's Ricky Bobby's dad in Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> but both of these actors also come together in the cast of The West Wing. When your show True. airs for long enough, seven seasons, you generally start seeing character actors crop up. <laughs> Gary Cole was one of the vice presidents that served under President Martin Sheen, and then Stephen Root was one of the campaign advisors to presidential hopeful Alan Alda in the last season. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, another one that we should mention, and this one you'll definitely recognize his voice, but speaking of iconic movies, and speaking of quotable movies... For Jeff. No, 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 no. It's universal. The Princess Bride is one of the most quoted movies. Wallace Shawn, another name you may not be familiar with, but you would recognize him as the inconceivable guy from The Princess Bride, Vecini, in the movie... And you've also heard him in a number of Pixar Disney movies, including Rex in the Toy Story franchise. And I'm so excited that we'll get to hear his voice yet again in Toy Story 4 that's coming out in June. So real quick, we probably ought to mention some character actors who they have done quite well for themselves. Not only not only that they've done over 100 things or a hundred different acting gigs in their careers, but they've also gotten some accolades. They've either been nominated for or have actually gone on to win an Academy Award, but they're still considered character actors because they play great characters in pretty good movies, right? The first one that comes to my mind fits a lot of this criteria is kind of normal looking, not really leading man material. But he's been nominated for two Academy Awards, once for a film called The Visitor, in which he was the leading man, and another, most recently, for The Shape of Water. I'm speaking, of course, of Richard Jenkins, yeah, who I know Cole would be a big fan of because he was in a horror comedy that— My favorite of all time. It's your favorite of all time, really? He stands—my favorite— Horror comedy, maybe my okay. favorite horror of all time. Cabin okay. in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods does perfect uh, blending the two horror and comedy. It has genuinely scary moments and a lot of funny moments. And to say even who Richard Jenkins is in the movie gives away such an important <laughs> part of what that movie is that I shan't. But he stands next to uh, Bradley Whitford, also of West Wing. Fame. Another great character actor. And those two are – it brings a smile to great your face dynamic. whenever they show up. So, Mickey, when we, were, when we first set out to do this character actor discussion, a name – and speaking of the West Wing, a name mm-hmm. that kept coming to mind for you is another actress who was not only nominated for an Academy Award but – recently won an Academy Award. Yes. I really like Allison Janney, who I think uh, she often plays like the really strict mom. Like even in her role, which she won an Academy Award for, I, Tanya, she's kind of the crazy strict mom, but she she's pretty diverse. I really like Allison Janney. She's the mom in The Help. In The and Help the mom in Hairspray. In Juno. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She's always the crazy mom. She's a great mom. And she's currently playing the mom on the show Mom Mom, on CBS. (laughs) So, again, you can make a great career playing the mom. However, she was amazing on The West Wing, and she won some awards for that show as well. Now, I think for a lot of people, this last name is one that continually comes to mind when you say character actor. 
because she, Cole, you, I believe you used the word chameleon. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Sometimes you have to wait till the credits to realize, oh, that was Tilda Swinton playing whoever it was that she was playing. Right. She's an Academy Award winner, I believe, for Michael Clayton, a George Clooney starring film. And yeah, you just every time you see her, she's in these heavy disguises. She was in uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel as this ancient woman. Speaking of ancient. She was the ancient one in Doctor Strange. Where she was, her head was completely shorn, right? Bald Tilda Swinton took the place of the the ancient mystic Asian from the comics to try <laughs> to kind of bring it up to speed. Right. And one of the things I like about her is she's in like the most obscure indie film and she also does blockbusters, which I think is pretty cool. Not a right. lot of people do that. She's going to be like a Scottish samurai in an upcoming zombie movie. She was in Suspiria Cole as not only a witch, but she was, she was also one of the high witches, but she was also a man in Suspiria. <laughs> and then in maybe her most conventional role, it was in one of the weirdest movies I've ever, I've ever seen. We need to talk about Kevin, where she's just the mom of this kind of crazy kid, but it's it's a it's a bonkers scary, terrifying uh, movie. Right. So we've given you lots of examples of character actors. And the reason we wanted to highlight these fantastic actors is because they are so fantastic. And even though they're not leading man or leading woman material, or even though, you know, maybe they don't have the best looks or maybe they don't have the best agents, I don't know. They make some amazing TV shows and movies. And even though they are supporting those other leading people, those other megastars, they in our hearts are megastars and they deserve all of the credit, all of the accolades. And at least an entire show of screen cleaning devoted to them. Absolutely. They're welcome. I guarantee you none of them is sitting at home crying in their Cheerios that, you know, they weren't the star of some blockbuster because they're doing just fine for themselves acting in their over 100 credits. And I, again, I think you'd have, be hard-pressed to find one of these that we talked about that hasn't been over 100 credits. Maybe Arlie Ermey, but maybe you guys can prove me wrong as I wrap up this segment to get ready to move on to the next segment, which is when we return, Mickey is going to give Cole and I an opportunity to go head-to-head once again to see just how well we know our character actors in a very special character actor game on Screen Cleaning. That's up next. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. Today, we've been talking about character actors, the people you may not recognize by name, but you know you've seen their face in something before. The ones that make you rush off to IMDb and say, oh, yeah, that was them. Oh, wow. They've been in a lot of movies, and I like a lot of their movies. So we are going to see just how well we know our character actors. Mickey has put together a little trivia game that Cole and I are going to participate in and see just... Who knows them a little better? And this is for all the money in the world, right, Mickey? Right. We'll start with Jeff. Uh, okay. See if you can get it, and then we'll we'll go to Cole. And if you can't answer, Cole will have the option to steal. Okay. 
Okay, Jeff. Margaret Hamilton, who comes up when you Google character actors, yes. is known for playing one particularly iconic role. What was the role? Now, this actress, I believe, started her career as an elementary school teacher, which was terrifying to me because she went on to play the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz. Correct. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Margaret Hamilton. Margaret right. Hamilton. Good one. Okay, Cole. This yes. character actor is not only an Academy Award winner, but also the voice of the yellow M&M, which I think is the peanut kind. Aw. I have no idea. <laughs> the yellow, the yellow, the yellow peanut yeah. M&M is an Academy Award winner? Yes, he is. I thought that was common I know, knowledge. I know that Danny DeVito plays the live-action red M&M, but I do not know who the voice is. I know the red the M&M yellow. is uh, Billy West, and it used to be John Lovitz. I know that the Jeff Carmel, does know. I know that yeah, the, right. know that the, the Carmel M M&M M is David Cross, but the yellow M M&M and M kind of sounds like this, and I can't think of an Oscar winner who sounds like that. It's J.K. Simmons. What is the yellow M M&M. and M? You just blew my mind, Mickey. <laughs> wow! I thought everyone knew that. He was the only M M&M and M I could name. No. Okay. So I was didn't know he, anyone was that, could name the M and M? I'm willing to bet the yellow M M&M and M was recast at some point. There's no way he's always probably. Been the yellow. I don't know. Okay. But I I believe in most recent times he's the yellow. The peanut M&M. He's also done a lot of voiceover work, too. And when I was thinking of the Stern General way back at the beginning, I was thinking of J.K. Simmons, someone who's oh. also shown up. He does have a good up. yelling voice. As the West, in, on the West Wing, as I've mentioned before, he, as a yeah. Stern General. In fact, his Oscar win was for a character who screams the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was oh, terrifying. Absolutely. Terrifying. All right. Ugh. That's right. one point for Jeff, nothing for Cole. Woo-hoo. Here you go again, Jeff. He has a number of acting credits, including Boardwalk Empire, Portlandia, Aww. Miracle oh, yeah. Workers, Fargo, and Hotel Transylvania, which I know you love. And Monsters, uh, Inc. And he and... usually doesn't play the lead. Right. And in, on, Mir- on that show, Miracle Workers, although I've never seen it, he apparently is God. Mm-hmm. And you're speaking of Steve Buscemi or Buscemi, however you want to say it. Correct. Woohoo! Okay, the cool. best example of an unconventional looking yeah, person. Yeah, but he's really popular. Famous. He's in a lot of stuff. A lot of Coen Household Brothers name things. Now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Or maybe just Big you got Lebowski. it. His IMDb page includes Argo, Little Miss Sunshine, Glengarry Glenn Ross, and Edward Scissorhands. Here's a hint: he's I a Tim Burton favorite. I know it. I know it. Yeah, I, I guess I should since we just did all that Tim Burton research, but I don't know. Little Miss Sunshine, Oscar winner for Little Miss Sunshine. So not Steve Carell. No. I, I know Abigail Breslin was nominated. Not in, in Little it. Miss Sunshine. Or not the one. I don't you know. said if people often get these two names. Jack, Jack Lemon was in Glengarry Glenn Ross with Alec Baldwin, and who else was in that? Okay, people often get these two Allens mixed up. So I mentioned you, Alan Alda before, right? This is someone else named Alan. <laughs> yes, Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. Ah, uh, yeah. All right, sorry, Cole. Okay, Jeff. Yes. He died in 2014 oh. and was best known for his roles in Capote, The Master. 
Thomas Wilson's War. Hey. And most recently, like The Hunger Games. I feel like maybe you should reverse <laughs> the question because I'm, I'm, I'm getting all the easy ones. Why don't you ask Cole that I one? thought you would know the J.K. Simmons one. That's why I... I was looking Cole forward, <laughs> I was Cole looking forward know to the J.K. Simmons one, right. but I didn't know he was Little did I know, Jeff M&M. knew every single Eminem. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Philip Seymour Hoffman is who we're talking about. Correct. Though. An amazing yeah. uh, that's a chameleon right there. When you talk about like what acting means, being able to embody someone else, maybe if we talk about like method actors someday, um, then Philip Seymour Hoffman's name will come up again. But he's fantastic. Yeah. His role yeah. Schenectady, in... New York is another yeah. of his very good ones. Good for I didn't know how you pronounced that one, so thank you. Well that's at least how you pronounce the real town that it's sort of oh. based off of. Uh, he made me laugh in Punch Drunk Love. His role was so weird in that movie. And uh, yeah, not a movie we'll spend a lot of time on <laughs> today. All right, Cole. Yeah. He's got a pretty thick accent and is a Tarantino favorite. Maybe we'll see him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Quentin Tarantino is a Quentin Tarantino favorite. <laughs> I is. know who it is. <laughs> um, oh, I thought Cole would know it. I can give you a clue. She has sure. gray hair. He's a two-time Oscar winner, both roles in uh, Quentin Tarantino films. Okay. Christoph Waltz. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep, correct. Okay, maybe I should just give them to Cole first <laughs> and then... <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay, and if he doesn't cool. get them, then I'll, I right. can steal. I don't think he could even win at this point, even if he got all <laughs> sure the rest of them right. All right. All right, Catch Him in Lion, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, and Dancing Bollywood Style in Slumdog Millionaire. Is that Dev Patel? Correct, Yay! it's Dev Patel. You did it, Cole. You did it. <laughs> the only person I know from Slumdog Millionaire turned out to be the answer. All yeah. right. He got his start on an HBO sitcom and has since moved on to larger roles, including Star Wars in a Spike Lee movie. Hmm... Star Wars and a Spike Lee movie got an. He's started. an Academy Award nominee. He didn't win. Oh, is it uh, Sam Jackson? It's not. Oh, I'm not sure if Sam Jackson he, gets to be a character actor. Yeah, he's, I don't know. He's he the be. exception. I think Sam Jackson's an interesting one because he's not really a leading man, but he's, he's not really a character actor. He's in everything, but too many people know who he is. That's true. To properly be a character. Mm-hmm. Actor. That that was just who I could think of. With Spike Star Lee Wars and... and Star Wars. Nope, there's another <gasps> common denominator. Uh, is it Benicio del Toro? No, I forgot he was good. In weird Star Wars, Star Wars pull, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Oscar Isaac is a weird one to be in Star Wars, and he's in nope. like other Lee, movies. Though. It's not uh, Oscar Isaac. You've got me stumped. The answer is actually Adam Driver. Yes. Oh, oh so girls. he was on Girls. Yes. Yeah. But also, good. he was in an Oscar Isaac movie that I was thinking of, which was Inside Lewin Davis, where mm. they get to sing a song together with Justin Timberlake. Ooh, maybe wow, I should watch that. What a cast. That. If you yeah. want to see Kylo Ren singing along with Poe Dameron and Justin Timberlake, you know Inside what's Lewin funny? Davis. I think all of these people have a Coen Brothers uh, tie to them. Almost every yeah, one of them, like I think. Maybe actors. that's the requirement to be a character actor. Mm-hmm. You be in a Coen no, Brothers the Coen movie. Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we've okay. stumbled upon something big here. Two more questions. Okay. Her film Ma comes out this year, and it looks really weird. But you can also see her in non-horror movies like The Help, Hidden Figures, and The Shape of Water. Oh, that did look weird. I saw the trailer for that. Yes, and we're talking about 
Octavia Spencer. Correct. Very good. Who is very much one of those plays the same character mm-hmm. kind of character actors. Except for in Ma. I've never seen Apparently. her play a <laughs> you know, creepy I'm, person. I'm pretty sure she did not win an Oscar for this because she was an executive producer, but she recently executive produced uh, Green Book, the oh, most yeah. recent uh, Best Picture winner. Mm-hmm. Last question. Hmm. She's currently starring in a true crime series for Hulu. She's an Oscar winner I know who it is. for a role that took her like 12 years to film. And she was also involved <laughs> with Boardwalk Empire. This is, the, this is the show I told Cole that would be right up his alley on Hulu. So if we're talking about 12 years to film, we're talking about someone from Boyhood. Was it... Patricia Arquette. It was. The only one that won an Oscar for that My favorite part of Boyhood is when we get to the era where she was in Medium and her hair changes. Like it goes to that bob haircut that she had in that show. And then when that show gets canceled, (laughs) we see in Boyhood her hair goes back to like being longer again. Oh, Medium, (laughs) the TV show. Yeah. I get it. Well, the the act is this Hulu crime show. Definitely some mature content, so beware. But the acting is phenomenal. Patricia Arquette is amazing in it. Well, there you have it. It turns out, Cole, you do know your character actors after all. It just took you a little while to to get warmed up. Right. So I don't know that I can eat a yellow M&M ever the same way again. Mm. Now, knowing I'm afraid that of J.K. Simmons, Simmons yelling at me. For I it. know. Don't eat me. <laughs> That's not my tempo. But when we return, we've got one more example of a character actor who has had quite the career. He appeared in an iconic movie. And you may have heard this song that he's going to perform, not live anyway, when we return. This is Screen Cleaning. There's good in them dire hills. We've mentioned a lot of great character actors on the show today. There's one that we held until the very end, though. We One of the categories that we had earlier on in the show was character actors in iconic movies. And what's more iconic than the Back to the Future series, right? Oh, yeah. This is a series that is older than 30 years at this point, and yet these actors in the film are just, they're constantly going to, you know, Comic-Con events, and they draw big crowds, and these films are still very important to people. And seeing as this, seeing as how this character actor was in an iconic franchise and his character is quoted quite a bit, you would imagine that people would come up to him whenever they see him on the street or whenever they see him at these conventions and they would ask him questions about the film. His complaint is not that people are asking questions. He's very friendly. He's very open to answering these questions. The problem is that these questions tend to all be the same, so much so that he felt like he needed to write a song about it and perform it for as many audiences as possible just to get the answers to these questions out of the way right off the bat. Can we take your picture? Come on, look mean. Would you call my friend a butthead on his answering machine? Hey, questions, questions, just fill my head. I went to my doctor, my doctor said, Do you all hang out together? No, we don't. How's Crispin Glover? Never talk to him. Back to the future for not happening. Stop asking me the question. Hey, who's the nicest famous guy you know? Adam Sandler. Who is the biggest jerk? Gary Busey. How much money do you make more than you do? So stop asking me the question. (laughs) 
That is Tom Wilson, or sometimes Thomas F. Wilson, who plays Biff in all three Back to the Future movies. Pull a mean face. Eh. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, you, you heard him doing a stand-up routine there, and I was surprised to discover that he's actually been doing stand-up for decades. I found a video of him doing stand-up on the Johnny Carson show. Wow. And believe it or not, he had tuba stand-up. And wow. Johnny Carson said, I believe that's the first tuba player we've had do stand-up on our show. So go check him out. He's got some really funny stuff. He uh, he performs clean, and he just seems like a really funny, nice guy. Not what you would expect from a guy named Biff, who is a jerk in all three of these movies. I love when reality makes that clash. Great guy. Right. Well, we've enjoyed talking about character actors here on the show today. Because really, they don't get enough credit for the amazing work that they do in these films. And really, that's our goal each and every week on Screen Cleaning, is to help everyone dig a little deeper to find those extra hidden special nuggets. And shine a big spotlight on all that's good in entertainment. We'll be back next week with our big Marvel Cinematic Universe bracket, where you'll have the chance to win a free Audible book here on Screen Cleaning. Screen Cleaning.